Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe. Delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. You can't start anywhere without Hit the Halls of Fame. Harry the Hitman! Brought it back to 2017 yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. If this dude does not win Defensive Player of the Week, there ought to be a congressional investigation. Okay, maybe not. But what else can you say about this guy? I mean, just the three sacks alone is ridiculous. That's ridiculous in and of itself. But the forced fumble on one of those sacks that led to the Vikings' defensive touchdown, the defense on the whole, Gave up six points yesterday and scored seven themselves. Now, granted, it's Carolina. And they're a bad team. They are now 0-4. So we're not going to act like they just gave up six points to the Kansas City Chiefs or some of the other teams that I said yesterday. But Harry the Hitman brought it. 14 tackles, eight solo. Eight solo tackles. And it wasn't the eight solo tackles because they were running the ball down our throats and he's tackling running backs 10, 15 yards down the field. He was back up at the line of scrimmage where he belongs, where he was during the Zim Reaper days. And I get it. Maybe the first couple weeks, the scheme and schematics didn't call for him to do it. To me, I ask you why. Why would you wait until week four 
I get it. Lower competition. So he felt to bust it out. But there are not enough good things to say about Harrison Smith. Now, going into the season, I'll admit when I'm wrong or I'll admit when I change my mind on a topic. When somebody said, is Harrison Smith a Hall of Famer? And I go into the season, I said, well, he's definitely Hall of Very Good. He's definitely a Vikings Ring of Honor member. No questions about that. But I said he was borderline on the Hall of Fame because, you know, he plays for Minnesota. And we know what it's like for Minnesota guys to get into the Hall of Fame. It's a goddamn Greek tragedy that Jim Marshall is not in the Hall of Fame. Well, he didn't win any Super Bowls. Okay. I didn't realize the Hall of Fame could only be for Super Bowl members, but I digress. Harry the Hitman playing in the Midwest, you know, we're kind of flyover country. We're not the East Coast or the West Coast. But if you look at this dude's stats throughout his career, he's right up there with guys in his generation like Troy Palomalu. Doesn't have as many flashy plays as Troy did and Ed Reed, but he's right there with those guys. And after yesterday, you know what? One or two more games like that or even half of that. Yeah whether he gets a ring or not, put that brother in the Hall of Fame. And there is nothing that should be said otherwise. Nothing. Speaking of that defense, I've criticized this gentleman as just being a guy. You know, one of those rotational guys where, you know, he's good. He, He can sometimes be in the right place at the right time. But is he really making plays for himself? At some point, if you're constantly in the right place at the right time, even if it is your running mates who are causing the initial pressures or the initial hits or the initial parts of the play, at some point, if you're there to finish them, you're there to finish them. And I'm just going to say it like this. DJ Wanham, I apologize. I should not have ever doubted you. I mean, gave us a little bit of reason to at like, nine sacks in a seven-week stretch where everybody else was doing the work and you were falling into it. But at the same time, let's give DJ Wanham his props, ladies and gentlemen. That changed the game. That changed the momentum of the game. It changed the outcome of the game, frankly, because the offense hadn't done diddly other than one touchdown. Yes, I know. Well, we had a second touchdown that was taken away by a holding penalty. Well, that's the game of football. You can't complain that we had a touchdown taken off the board when a guy legitimately held. Two plays later, uh, pick six. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But DJ Wanham off the blitzing Harrison Smith. That's why I went these two right off the bat. Harrison Smith blitzes. Quarterback doesn't see him. Bryce Young had no idea. Bam. And there was Mr. DJ turning that music up, running it all the way back. And by the way, aside from the fact, again, you know, the touchdown sticking out. But again, six tackles for that guy. Also a sack. Did he fall into it? Maybe a little bit, but who cares? The Vikings as a team, how many sacks they have? Five sacks yesterday. Now, again, three of them, Harrison Smith, fine. I don't care. Anytime you get five sacks in a game, you're doing something right. Defensively, this team has been pretty close to the same. They start out hot in the first half. They only gave up 10 points against Tampa Bay. Only gave up 13 points, and really three of them was kind of an unlucky thing with Jefferson Fumble. Uh, against San Diego, I believe they gave up 14. And yesterday they gave up six points total. Now, scoring defense is a little different than yardage defense and defensive efficiency. I don't care. And again, I don't care that it was against Carolina. Better that you look dominant against a garbage team than to look pitiful against a garbage team. That's all I'm saying right now. Better to look great than to look like doo-doo. 
against a garbage team like Carolina. Again, the Vikings defense outscored Carolina seven to six. Vikings offense only had a net seven when you consider they scored 14 and had seven scored on them. That defense was the reason they won that game yesterday. Hands down, no way around it. I know there have been times, particularly last year in the playoff game, where, well, it wasn't the offense's fault or one curse fault, even though he threw on for the name. Hey, the defense, if they had done their job, they would have won this game. Well, you know what? The defense did their job yesterday. And frankly, the defense, even though it's had yards against them, and even though there have been times where they haven't gotten a key stop, they've done their job so far this season. Now, I'm not saying they're the 85 Bears, the 2003 Buccaneers, the Ravens of 2000, and I'm certainly not saying that they're the Zim Reapers. But for right now, with what expectations were reasonable to have, they were the 31st-ranked defense last year, and we were just hoping they could be middle of the pack. Are they middle of the pack? No. They're probably two-thirds of the way down. But with the amount of talent that they have, they're doing their job. They're, they're doing more than their fair share. Now, yesterday, we finally get to see a full game of Marcus Davenport. We only got to see him for four snaps in Philadelphia. He missed the first and the third game. I'll tell you what. Again, step it up next week when you coming up against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Do it again and show me something. Don't just show it to me against a horrible team. But we finally got a taste of what Kwesi had in mind when he signed this guy. Now. The best ability is availability. And that is what a lot of the New Orleans people said. He's great when he's on the field, but he misses a lot of games. Well, he was great yesterday. Again, took him a little time to get warmed up. Most of his plays were in the second half. But you know what? Can't say nothing about Marcus Davenport. Four tackles, a sack. Really should have had a sack and a half if you ask me. Marcus Davenport, DJ Wanham. Thank you for actually having Daniil Hunter's back. Finally, we can say the Vikings defensive line is more than just Daniil Hunter. Now, I'll say it one more time. It's nice that you did what you did against a garbage team versus not doing anything against a garbage team. But you're going to have to keep this energy. You're going to have to step it up a notch even against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs this coming Sunday. And you're going to need to bring it against the 49ers because their offensive line is tight. Their offensive line is what we dream of. So you're going to need to do it. And guess what? If you can do this against the 49ers, I'm not calling for the upset yet. (laughs) If that defense can blitz Brock Purdy and get the ball on the ground and get Purdy on the ground, they got a shot. Not saying it's a good shot. I'm still saying it's about a 20% shot at best. But they have an opportunity. The next three games are Kansas City, Chicago, and San Francisco. We're putting down Kansas City as a loss at the moment. We'll see. I was asked, do you think we got a better shot against Kansas City or San Francisco? And I said Kansas City only because San Francisco's offense and defensive lines are so superior to ours. Well, if this defensive line can replicate what it did yesterday, albeit one more time, against a bad team, they can then close the gap on the San Francisco offensive line and give Brock Purdy something to think about. That's all I'm going to say for right now on that subject. I'm not calling for the upset yet. <laughs> I think we're starting to see some signs that Kirk might just be reaching that age cliff. I know. 
those who love Kirk to death, aka the Kirkistans, aka the the Kirk Cousins version of the Swifties, want to look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and to a certain extent Drew Brees and say, well, these guys played till they were 39 and 40, so Kirk can too, because Kirk never gets hurt. Did you you ever consider that all the hits he's taken kind of wears on you and that sometimes missing two or three games while it sucks for those two or three games actually let your body recover so that maybe this iron man streak isn't all it's cracked up to be kirk cousins this season here's what's funny kirk had great statistical games in the three games we lost and he looked like horrible in in the game we won funny how that works i'm just saying right now he looks like he might be hitting that age cliff he's a touch inaccurate and that's the one thing kirk could really hang his hat on he doesn't have the deep ball that ball to Addison was massively underthrown. And I get it. You know, he had to sidestep and then wind up and throw it. But that play is very reminiscent of a play in the year 2019. Remember, we were down 20 to nothing to the mediocre Denver Broncos, came back and won that game 28 23, four touchdowns in the second half. He did that same kind of play and he hit digs. He doesn't look like he's got the zip on the ball. And he's late on a lot of throws. It's like he's not quite processing it. Or maybe he's gun shy. I don't know. All I know right now is he's starting to revert back to Kirk under the Mike Zimmer era. I know that sounds sacrilegious to say that about a guy who going into the weekend was leading the NFL in passing yards and was basically at the top of all meaningful statistical categories. I get that. And I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is there are plays this year where Kirk just looks a little off. And I don't know if it's the age thing. I don't know if he's overthinking it or a combination thereof. Because honestly, if we really analyze it, the offensive line is not perfect. And it's not like a top five offensive line where they're just road graders and they're just awesome pass blockers. But they've done okay. They've done better than we realize. And I get it. Second interception from Kirk Cousins. Oh, well, Ed Ingram's man beat him and hit his arm. And that's why it was a pop fly infield fly rule. Yes, there's some truth to that. But as my guy Tyler from Vikings First and Skull said, both Ingram and O'Neal were pushing their guys to go behind Kirk and gave him a lane to step up into. So it's real easy for us to say, Ed Ingram sucks. Get Dalton Reisner in there now. He's had his time. And to a certain extent, I agree. I would rather start Dalton Reisner at this point just to see what happens. I don't think they're going to do that. Kevin O'Connell is a little too into his own guys, a little too kumbaya, a little too, hey, I want to be a friend, that he's not going to bench somebody until he absolutely has to. And to a certain extent, I get it. And to a certain extent, it's like, don't do something that's detrimental to your team. But having said that, there have been plenty of plays where the offensive line has blocked up well. I mean, look at our run game. Alexander Madison looked great and has for the last two weeks. Yesterday, 95 yards on 17 carries. That's 5.6. 5.6 yards. For Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, five for 40 for an eight-yard average. That's that's about all you can ask for. Again, against Carolina, they're terrible. I know. Got to do it against good teams to be taken seriously. Uh, they each got, well, Akers got two catches for 11 yards, and Madison got one catch. So, again, you're talking about 25 touches for those two running backs. That's what we need. Now, Here's what we need offensively, and this gets back to Kirk, and this also gets back to Kevin O'Connell. Yes, you've done a better job of melding the run in the pass game. Once again, 
time of possession. Once again, we're getting killed. I think we might be dead last in time of possession in the entire NFL. Honestly, can we just for one game? And by the way, if you're really serious about trying to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, you better win time of possession and keep Patrick Mahomes on a bench. We need to do better. Too many three and outs. Too many wasted opportunities. Too many turnovers. Kevin O'Connell, you're the head coach. Clean that mess up. Kirk Cousins, you're the quarterback. You're the leader. What's going on with you, dude? It's just like you're not quite there. I'm not saying you don't care. I'm not saying you're garbage. I'm just saying he's just a little bit off. Is it father time being undefeated? Is he falling off the age cliff? I don't know. But I do know this. Kirk's going to need to have the game of his life if he's going to beat Patrick Mahomes. I'll remind people, Patrick Mahomes has defeated 30 out of the 31 teams in the NFL that he doesn't play for. Obviously, he's never beaten Kansas City, of course. But he was injured the last time the Vikings played him four years ago, and we lost to a backup quarterback because that's what the Vikings do. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But you think Patrick Mahomes isn't motivated? To get that last crown jewel to say he's beaten every one of the other 31 teams. Kirk, your defense only going to be able to do so much. As great as they played yesterday, their defense can only do so much. You got a ball out. As I said, if you get eight possessions, you got to score at least five, if not six touchdowns. The defense might have a quarter or two where they make some plays, where they get off the field, force Kansas City to punt or hold them to field goals but you got to take advantage of every opportunity you get. And I know that's not entirely fair to say that he and the offense have to be pert near perfect. You're right. It's not fair. It's the only way you're going to win. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And come back to work Wednesday to have the game of your life. Pretend it's the New Orleans Saints playoff game. I don't care what you got to do. Pretend it's the Indianapolis Colts where you're down 33 nothing. What is it about Kirk that he always just, once he gets down like 14, 17 points, then something just clicks and he just says, F it. I got to, I just got to go and I just got to play loose. And if I recall correctly, there was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. This is your opportunity to step on somebody's throat. I mean, go down, get a field goal, make it a two possession game, you know, just run your four minute offense, take some time off the clock. What do we do? Three and out. Now, part of that's the play calls, too. Alexander Madison up the middle for nine yards. Oh, okay. Second and one. Alexander for a one-yard loss. Kirk Cousins incomplete to Justin Jefferson. Three and out. 
can't do that against Kansas City. If somehow, some way, you are up seven points against Kansas City, you need to pretend that you're down seven points and this is the last possession you have. Because if you can get up 14 points, then all you got to do is hold serve the rest of the game. Get up two scores. I don't anticipate that happening. All I'm saying is, Kirk, when your defense gets you a three and out, you get a touchdown. Okay. Okay. They force another punt. Less than nine minutes. Step on their throat, man. This is what you're going to need against Kansas City. A little step back versus full-on tank. Let's get the definitions down here, ladies and gentlemen, because we got this civil war arguing about should the Vikings tank or not. All right, let me start out by saying this. A full-on tank is trading all of your valuable assets and burning it to the ground. And even those of us that are desperate to be in a position to be able to take a franchise quarterback of the future, none of us want a full-on tank. You want to know what a full-on tank is? That's getting rid of Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, K.J. Osborne, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Jefferson. Okay? That's a full-on tank. Getting rid of Jefferson, Cousins, Osborne, and all the other guys I said. That's a full-on tank. Taking a step back would be like this. If you're 2-5 and five after seven games, which at the moment is what we anticipate, we anticipate that they're going to lose to the Chiefs and the 49ers and that they're going to beat the Chicago Bears. They're going to be 2-5. and five. At that point, you are one week and two days away from the trading deadline. If you're 2-5, and five, it might be Katie Bar the door at that point. It would have been Katie Bar the door had they lost yesterday. But alas, they didn't. Okay, taking a step back, like in baseball, you get the baseball trade deadline and you got four or five guys on your team that are going to be that are in the last year of the contract and they're not going to be resigned. So you take them to market and you trade them for some assets. Nothing wrong with that. That's not tanking. That's saying I've got an asset that's about to expire that I'm about to scrap because I'm not going to put anything more into that asset and getting something of value in return. If you're running a business and you got a piece of machinery that has a five-year useful life, and after four years, you're saying to yourself, well, do I want to keep this for one more year and then scrap it when I'm done and then just pay straight up for another piece of equipment? Or, you know what? I still got 20% resale value in this thing. Selling off an asset in the last year of its usefulness is not tanking. It's not. Guess what? If you're two and five, and you've made the decision, we're not going anywhere. Trading Daniil Hunter isn't tanking. It's doing the smart, fiscal, responsible thing to do. That's what it is. Trading Harrison Smith. And again, I hate saying that right after Harrison just had the best game of the year so far and best game in a couple of years. If you could get a fourth round pick for Harrison Smith after your two and five, you'd be a fool not to take it. If you can get a second or third round pick for Daniil Hunter after being two and five, you'd be a fool not to take it. And everybody want to talk about, well, we got a five game stretch against Green Bay and then Atlanta and then New Orleans and then uh, Denver and then Chicago, of which going into the season, I said you should win four out of those five games minimum, if not all five. All right. So if you're two and five and you go on a five game winning streak, and by the way, what has this team shown you that it has the capability of going on a five game winning streak so far this year? I'd love for somebody to tell me how they think this team is capable of going on a five game winning streak. But let's just say they do. Well, then you're seven and five into the bye week. And let's say you beat Vegas. And then let's say you're in a close game and maybe you beat Cincinnati or maybe even lose that game. So you're eight and six going to that last three games against Detroit, Green Bay, and Detroit. 
Oh, well, this division, you might only need nine or ten wins because this division's garbage. And if you win the division this year, what does that get you? A first-round loss. Again. So, yeah, if you're two and five and you trade off Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, K.J. Osborne, Ezra Cleveland, that's not tanking. Now, some people are going to say if you found a way to trade Kirk Cousins, that's tanking because you're trading away your starting quarterback. Not really. The Vikings have shown you by not extending Kirk Cousins that they're not tied to him right now. They are not married to him right now. This very well could be, and in my opinion, should be Kirk Cousins last season here. Kirk Cousins, if we let him walk, the best you can get is a fifth-round pick. And the best you can get for Daniil Hunter is a fourth-round pick. That's the best you can get if you let him walk. So, no, it's not crazy to say if you're 2-5. and five. And dare I say, if the unthinkable happens and you lose to the Chicago Bears, yeah, start trading off your pieces. I don't care that you got three supposed or five supposed winnable games. That's the soft part of our schedule, Justin. Hey, guys, you know that those other teams, the Packers, the Falcons, the Saints, you know what they're saying right now? We get the easy part of our schedule because the Vikings are on it. We can say all we want. We think that's the easiest part of our schedule. They're saying the same thing to us. At some point, you two and five, one and six. I hope that's not the case. I hope we beat Kansas City. I do. And I hope we beat the Bears because I hate losing to the Bears almost as much as I hate losing to the Packers. Not quite, but almost. One thing we have in common with Packer fans, the Bears still suck. Hate losing to the Bears. Their fans talk trash for no reason. Like Green Bay, they their fans can be intolerable because they think they're superior to you. But you can at least respect them because they don't want something. Bears got one Super Bowl, one more than us. But Bears fans just love to talk trash just for the fun of talking trash. Just for the hell of it. So I hate losing to the Bears almost as much as I hate losing to the Packers. But dare I say, if we lost to Kansas City, the Bears, and San Francisco, and we're one and six, yes, trade all trade everybody not named JJ, Addison, Hawkinson, the tackles, Cam Bynum you can keep, Ivan Pace you can keep, Josh Metellus you can keep, Byron Murphy Jr. you can keep. But anybody else, particularly those who are in the last year of the contracts, open for business. Bud Grant garage sale. And no, that's not tanking. That's doing what Rick Spielman never did. We got nothing in return for Dalvin Cook. Remember what we were saying when we finally released Dalvin Cook? Boy, why didn't why didn't Quazy trade with the Dolphins when he had an offer on the table to at least get a third or fourth round pick in return for Dalvin Cook? Now we got nothing for him. Just like we got nothing for Thielen and nothing for Eric Hendricks. Okay. So why is it that the same people who said that are saying, no, you can't trade K.J. Osborne. You can't trade Daniil Hunter. You can't trade Marcus Davenport. You can't trade Kirk Cousins. If you're one and six, yeah, you can. Again, let me be clear. I don't want that to be the case. I want the Vikings to beat Kansas City and Chicago, get back to 500, so that even if you do lose to San Francisco, three and four is where I had them at, when I did my predictions. Three and four is where I had them after seven games. If we got back to three and four, yeah, keep running. Absolutely. And I know you just say, well, just three and four versus two and five. Yeah, at that point, you have you don't have any margin for error. If you beat one of those two teams in Kansas City and San Francisco, you've bought yourself some margin for error. You've bought yourself another ticket to the dance. 
so to speak. So no, it's not tanking. It would only be tanking if you sold off Justin Jefferson. That is the only way trading off pieces in a lost season or what would appear at that time at two and five or one and six to be a lost season. So no, that's not tank. So stop saying, oh, the Vikings shouldn't tank. What kind of fan are you? You want to tank. I don't want to tank. I want to get something in return for players I know are not going to be here next year, which is what we didn't do with the aforementioned players I just mentioned. Thielen, Cook, Kendricks. Could you imagine if we had traded those guys last year? We would have some more picks. And then maybe we could have traded up to get a franchise quarterback or a quarterback in the future anyway. But don't tell me I'm a bad fan that if I if we're two and five, that I don't want we were one and five in 2020. What did we do? Oh no, we're not trading Riley Reef for a fourth round pick, even though he wasn't coming back the next season. We weren't trading Kyle Rudolph for a fifth or a sixth round pick. We're gonna give Kyle Rudolph a contract extension for way more than market value because we're so loyal. You were one and five, and you scrapped your way to a six and four record in the second half. Big deal. Six and four over the second half. That's like the Lions last year. Now you can say, well, the Lions have carried their momentum. Okay. What did the Vikings do with that so called momentum after going six and four and finishing seven and nine? Oh, wait. They went eight and nine the next year. And both years they were eliminated with two uh, on the second to last game of the season. But that's what the Wills want. They want to be competitive, they want to be in it until as, as long as they can. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen. All I'm saying is, is that, yes, I want the team to continue to try to win. But man, oh, man, if we come back to Earth again, we celebrate in this victory against the Panthers. But if we come back to Earth and we get destroyed by Kansas City and then we go to Chicago and play another game close to the Bears like we did the Panthers yesterday. And then we get beat soundly by the 49ers. Just move on. Rip the Band-Aid off. Get some draft capital in return. That's just me. Thank you kindly for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold for Days. And for now, Skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.